And so today, I want to talk to you about why you belong here. Why do you belong here? And also, you know, what, what, what does it benefit for you for being here? See, the church of Ephesians um, uh, felt kind of awkward. They weren't Jews, and they were like, I don't know if we can be part of the church because we are, we are, we're, we're not Jews, and so I don't know if we can fit in good. And then Paul told them in, in Ephesians, he said, listen, because of the work that Christ did on the cross, everybody is included now. Jew, Gentile, bond or free, don't matter. Everybody is welcome to the church. And, and he said, actually said in 2, 2 and 19, So then you are no longer strange, strangers or aliens. You are now citizens with the saints and also the members of the household. And I love how the message puts it. The message, is, the message says, uh, the message translation says, You belong here. That's our, that's our title today. You belong here with as much right um, to the name Christian as anyone. So when you become a Christian, you have just as much right to call yourself a Christian and be a Christian and all the blessings of God as anybody else does. Every, once you become a Christian, every promise in here is for you. It don't matter that somebody's been saved 50 years or, or 100 years, what have you, or somebody, you just got saved last night. If you got saved last night or you just got saved this morning or you're going to get saved in a minute, hopefully, that, that I want you to know that every promise in here is for you, yes, and amen. And you have just as the right to call yourself a Christian and you have, you have the right to be here because you belong here. So why, why do you belong here, you would say? Why, why, do I, why should I be here? Why do I belong here? Now, when I'm going to talk about here, I'm not saying that any other church is any different. Um, I'm, we have so many great churches in our community. Man, there's a bunch of amazing churches. And it was proven um, right here during this hurricane of all the churches that came together. We didn't ask about what you believe, what I believe. Everybody just helped one another. We didn't ask, what, what, let, me, let me look at your denomination list and who you No, Everybody just helped. If somebody needed something, there was 40 churches that got together at LifePoint all in one place, all, all, all 40 pastors. It was amazing. It was all different styles, all different people, all different types, colors, breed, denominations, everything. It was just so amazing. We were all together, and um, several people that have been pastors quite a long time said, I have never seen this many pastors from different denominations um, all in one place at one time. So it was amazing. So they're all doing that. But I'm talking to, when I'm talking today, I'm not bashing any other per place. I'm talking about what I want to do here, okay? So, so to make sure and understand that, and if you, if you quote me, make sure Pastor Doug said I'm, he's talking about himself and his church. Okay, but but so why do you belong here? Because we care. We care for you. We care about you. We care about your family. We care about your future, your hurts and your pain. We, and when I say we care, we really do. And if anybody here ever has a pain or a hurt or a situation, you'll know that everybody's going to rally around them and care for them. If someone comes out here to the altar and says, hey, I'm in pain or I'm hurting or I got a, a need, man, you're going to have people behind you with their hands on your back praying for you and uplifting you. So the first thing we want you to know here that you belong here because we care and you are our family and, you are you, and we care about everything in your life. Number two, you know, we love you. We love you. We love your soul. We love who you are. If you're not a Christian, we still love you. We still care for you. You're just as important to us as anybody else is because we all are all at one time needed Christ. And some have come to Christ already and some are on their way to Christ. So we, we care for you. Um, we love you. And we have more room in our family for you. We, our, this church is not a clique. We're not going to say, hey, well, we got, our, we got our people, and so therefore we're good. You know, if you come in, you're going to have to sit in the back or in the corner or until you get to know everybody or until you earn your stripes. We don't have that. Here, we, we are all one. We are one family, and we want to expand our family. We want to grow our family. So we want to make sure that you know that we, want, that we love you and we want to expand our family and help, help 
help you, you help us grow our church. Number four, we will be with you in hard times. You know, whenever you have a hard time, you're going through, a, we will stand by you. We may not always have the means to help you financially, you know, but we will stand by you. We will help you. And if we can't help you, we'll try to point you to somebody who can maybe help you or somebody who has more wisdom in the area to help you find out what you need. But we will be stand by you and help by you. If you go to the hospital and you let us know in time, we'll do our best to be there um, and, and stand by your bed and, and pray before you go into surgery and hopefully have someone there when you get out to do that. Um, so also, we, you belong here because we need your gifts. We need everybody's gifts and everybody's talents. We need people to come in and say, you know what? Hey, I'm an organizer. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I smile real good. I can be a greeter. You know, hey, hey, I, you know, maybe, hey, I, I, I'm ugly, but I can stick out my hand and say, give me some offering and scare people. You know, no, I'm playing, you know. Um, but, you know, who, whatever it may be, you may be making cook, you may help clean, you can may, may do whatever your gift is, whatever it is, we need that. We need your gift, we need you, because all the gifts together come together and make the body of Christ. Um, so we need that. We need you because we need you to help us reach other people that belong here as well. We need you because, see, you have influence in people that I don't have influence over. Everyone in here knows somebody that I don't know. I don't have influence over them, but you do. So you can reach them and bring them in and expand our family as well. You see, a body part, we're supposed to be, the Bible says in Ephesians that we're all a part of a body. Everybody has a part. And, and a body part by itself over here to the side just cannot survive unless it's connected to the body. So it's important to be connected to the body. And if I'm the shepherd, supposedly, and you're the sheep, what do sheep do? They go together in what? Flocks, Right? So flocks, they flock together. Okay, you don't, you don't normally see sheep by themselves. If you do, that's when Jesus leaves the 99 and goes finds the one. That's what, that's what the shepherd's supposed to do. Go out and grab the one and bring them back to the flock. So the Bible even talks about who we are, that we're supposed to be a flock. We're supposed to be together. But, see, so many people want independence. I want to do my own thing. You know, we have the Declaration of Independence. And so people really get on that. We have people say, you know, i got to be me. You know, or you have, you know, Harry Connick Jr. or, or uh, what's his name? I forget the other guy's name. He said, I did it my way. You know, I told the first service. After, see, they clapped for me after I did it first service. But anyway, but, but, I, but I told you, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm so playing. Hey, please, come on in. How, how y'all doing today? God bless you. Um, so, so look at our, our church is expanding right now. So, but, but the thing is, is that some people say, I want it my way. I want to be by myself. I want to handle it the way I want to. I want to be alone. I don't want people with me. And, but the thing is, 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 is that God says that we're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be in unity and in a community. Romans chapter 12 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so is it with you, with, with Christ's body. We, we are so many parts of one body and we all belong to one another. I preached a couple weeks ago about people puzzle pieces, about how each person has a, a special gift and we all fit together like a puzzle, okay? But now I want to focus on that last, that last little part there. It says we belong with each other. We don't belong alone. We belong with each other. We, we need to have community with each other. See, look at your neighbor and say, you need me. And then look at him again and say, and I need you. Yeah, see, some of you spouses had a little hard time with that, didn't you? Yeah, I don't need you. Okay, but no, but, 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 we, but see, the thing is, is once we really get together and we work together, just like we did the other day, there's no way that, that I could have served 160 people and blessed all them cars and people with that kind of stuff. I couldn't have done it by myself. I needed you, you know, and I was a, I was a pastor, so you needed me. 
You needed some guidance and leadership. And, and somebody, whoever was in here, whoever was in here had stuff, but they needed somebody to come to the door and say, hey, this car needs some diapers. This car needs this. This car needs that. And then the person at the food counter needs to say, hey, how many plates do you need? We need each other. We got to work together. You can't do it all by yourself. And a church can't do it all by itself. And I can't do it all by myself. But see, God wired us all to understand that we need to have family. God wired us all to, to understand that we need to be community, that we can't do it by ourselves, that we need each other. And so I want to give you a couple of reasons why, why, why we need each other. One is because we need somebody to walk with us. In Colossians 2, 6, and 7, it says, Just as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk with Him. You, you heard that old, old hymn. And He walks with me and He talks with me. So the thing is, is, is when you talk about our spiritual life, we normally say it's our spiritual walk, right? Or our Christian walk. Or our life's journey. It's, it's momentum. It's, it's movement. It's not, it's not just sitting still. There, there's there's, there's moment, forward momentum in that. You always say, as you walk through life. You know, I tell people, they say, well, I'm going through a, I'm going through a hard time. And I say, well, don't stop. Keep moving. If you're going through, keep going through. Don't stop, you know. Um, what's, there was another old song that whenever I was a teenager, I'm, I'm in a song mood today. But it's, I'm going to walk right out of this valley and lift my hands and praise the Lord. I ain't going to let old Satan get me down, down, down. Um, yeah, so, so you know, it's a cool song. But the thing is, is that, that we got to keep walking. Don't, don't get in the middle of a valley in a, of, of despair and sit. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. You can't sit and do that. And so what are we supposed to be walking in? Well, we're supposed to walk in the light of Christ. We're supposed to walk in love. We're supposed to walk in obedience. We're supposed to walk in faith. We're supposed to walk as Jesus walked. We're supposed to walk in wisdom. So all these things are forward momentum things that we're supposed to be doing. God never intended you to walk alone. He never, and I'm not talking about being single or married because, because even if you're married, you still could be alone. You know, but, when, but, but that's why God created community. Community is the antidote to loneliness, not marriage. Community, because you can be married and, or single and be and lonely, but when you get in a community, you get around a bunch of people that love you and care for you, it makes a whole big difference. And some people say, well, I prefer to walk alone. Well, I would just tell you that you have a pride issue. That you know, you, you know it all yourself and you don't need nobody else. And that's a pride thing. And we got to understand that we need to learn to work in cooperation with one another. We, you know, we need to learn relationships. We need to learn how to walk through life with other people. So well, why do I need to walk with someone then? Why? Tell me why, Pastor Doug. Well, number one is because it's safer. When I was in the military um, and we, whenever we docked at, docked at a port, it was always the hell side of the port. It was always a red light district. It was always the, the, the bars and, 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 and the bad parts of town and, the, and people would steal. And you, know, and you went by yourself, man. As a matter of fact, the captain would always say, nobody leaves by themselves. You always had to have a, a, a buddy to go with you. You know why? Because when you're by yourself, you're scared and you're more susceptible to the enemy coming in and attacking you, right? But if you're with a crew, you got your, you got your squad with you and you're walking somewhere, you're a whole lot more safer. And you see somebody that looks like they're going to start trouble. You got all your squad. You're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> mess, with, mess with me. Me and my boys will take care of that. You know what I'm saying? So, so the thing is, you got to understand that when you have a group of people, you're safer. And so when we're with a group of people in a church, we're, the, the enemy has a whole lot of less of a chance taking you out and taking you down because we're together and it's safer. Number two, it is supportive. It keeps you from giving up. They say in a marathon, after about mile 20, if you're running a marathon, your mind starts to shut down and it's a big mental, mental task to keep going because your mind and your body says, okay, 20 miles, that's done, you can't do no more. My mouth says that after like 
about a quarter mile. <laughs> are you done? You know, a lot of, if I ran back here to the back door, I'd probably be tired. Um, so, so the thing is, is, is that, that your mind does that. So when you're by yourself, it's just you and your mind. But see, when you're with people and you're running, you're running together in a group, then, you know, they can say, hey, don't stop. Come on. We're almost there. You can make this. You ain't gonna, don't quit. Don't quit. You even seen people in groups running together, you know, where they were running backwards. Come on. You can do this. Or if you watch The Biggest Loser, you see people behind pushing people. Come on. You can make it. You know, I really love watching that show. It's really cool, the, the inspiration that they had there. But so you're supportive, you know. And, and there's an old um, uh, Zambian proverb that says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. And so you might be by yourself and do a lot of things right now. You might be out the gate like a bat. But the thing is, is in the long run, it's going to hurt you and you're not going to be able to make it as, as far because of that. You know, and if you look at a, a flock of geese, you know, they fly in the, in the V formation. And they fly like so many times faster, you know, because the first, the first, geese, well, the first goose breaks wind, okay? I mean, not, not like breaks wind, but I mean like, <laughs> I mean, he breaks the wind, Okay. He breaks the wind. So therefore, the rest of them, the wind is broken off of them, and they, they go a whole lot faster together because they're flying together in unity, you know, and they're going forward together. And as a team, you know, there's an updraft, and it helps them, and they support one another. The third thing is that, that it, it, together, it's, you're smarter. We need you together because you're smarter. I'm not talking about having casual friends. I'm talking about people who, who can help you and be around you and help you grow um, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. See, Proverbs 26 says, Only fools trust what they think alone is right. If you're the only person thinking something, you're wrong, probably. You know? But see, what happens is when you're around people, you can, you can, you can grow. You're around somebody that is smart. I mean, I love hanging around smart people. That's the only way I'm going to get better is, is hanging around people that are smarter than me. And, you know, and I try to do that all the time. Probably everybody in here is smarter than me. And so I'm learning from you. I, I learn from kids. When I'm talking to kids, I learn from kids. I learn from my children. There's nobody. You should never stop learning from nobody. And you should always, when you're in a group, you know, I love my leadership team because I learn from them. Every week I come in there and I, I'm, I'm laying out the agenda. And every week I learn something from every one of them. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Well, that's true. Oh, we can do. Oh, okay. I see now. And so when you're in a community of people like a church, you learn from one another. But if you're just sitting at home watching on the Internet, you know, it's a lot harder. Thank God for, for Facebook Live. So for those people who are sick and can't get here, can, can, can watch. But that's not, that's, that, that's, that's can't always be because there's something different of feeling what we feel in here and what they feel on, 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 tele, on the, the video. So, um, but the thing is, so you're not just walking along. Also, if you're walking alone and you're going in the wrong direction, you don't know. Because you think you're right, because that's the way you're, you're walking. But if someone with you, and you're saying, hey, that's not the way. I don't think that's the way. This is the way. Or somebody, if there's a group of us, someone could say, hey, that, that's a bad path. I've been down that path before. You don't want to go again. You see? That's what happens in a church. Because, hey, man, I see you. I love you. I care for you. That's a path I've been for. I've been addicted. I've been this. I've been that. You don't want to go down that path. Hey, I, I've been divorced. I've been this. Whatever it may be in your life, you've got to be careful because I've been there, and that's a wrong path to go on. And we're on that path by ourselves. We're okay with it because no, there's nobody around us to hold us accountable. There's nobody around us that loves us enough to say anything. So we got to be there and say, you know what? I want to do this. The, the Bible says there's a multitude and count, the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The more people that's around, you're more safe because there's more wisdom around you. See, the number one goal in life is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The number two goal is to love others. The, that's, that's the only two. If you, tell me about Jesus. 
All you got to do is love God and love others. And if you get those two down, you ain't got to worry about nothing else in the Bible. Everything else is going to everything else is going to fall under the category of loving God and loving others. Every one of the Ten Commandments are all under loving God and loving others. Others, and it seems easy. Well, just two, I can do that. Well, you know, you probably can't. <laughs> no, none of all of us are working on that. That's so hard just to love God. You know, when there was ten, you're like Ten Commandments. That's a lot. But when okay, well, let's just break it down to two. Just love God and love others. That's just hard. It's so hard because so many times we think we know better. We think we know better than God. You know, and we think we know better than others. And other people make us mad. Other people do this. And, and it's, just, it just, it's a hard process to, 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 to continue to go. But that's what God wants us to do is love God and love others. And when you're with other people, you've got to learn to cooperate and go at the same pace. Whenever I get out of the car with me and Gina, we're at the mall or somewhere. I'm out in the car and I, 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 just, I just go. Okay? And I turn around and Gina's just getting out of the car. And I'm like... Oh, so I have to come all the way back over here and be with her, and then we try to walk together. And then when we're walking together, I, I got, I, I'm a fast walker, and she's a slow walker, and her legs are shorter. So, so the thing is, is that, that, that <laughs> <clears throat> so, so therefore, I'm, I'm going faster. So I have to learn, you know what, hey, I have to wait on her, I have to walk with her, and I have to, I have to take shorter steps or shorter paces. To be with that, I have to learn to cooperate with my wife to get to the door at the same time. Because if not, I'm inside thinking, oh, God, where's she's at? I've been here 10 minutes, you know. <clears throat> because I'm a fast walker. I'm, I'm, a, I'm fast in everything I do. I feel like I'm talking fast right now, and I've got to slow down. But the thing is, is we've got to learn cooperation. And when you're with a group of people, you do that. Now, God's given us two families. He's given us a physical family and a spiritual family. Okay? Both of those are very important. But the problem is, one of the most, one of the most important ones of those, you would say... Obviously, you would say, well, my family, because my family comes first. Yes. But probably the most long-term important one is your spiritual family. Let me tell you why. Because ask someone who's, who's 90, 95 years old, well, who, who's, all my family's gone. But I still have my church. Okay? So <clears throat> long-term, your spiritual family is going to outlast. Excuse me. <clears throat> long-term, your spiritual family is going to outlast your, your, your physical family. And some of you may know, because of how life is and how families is, sometimes your, your church family, you're a whole lot closer to than you are your own personal family. In some of your cases, you may have people from out of town that you're not even close to and all this kind of stuff like that. And sometimes your, your church family treats you better than your physical family sometimes. And so it's very important to understand the differences in your, your spiritual family. Your spiritual family is your church. God's safety net is his family. Hebrews 10 says, And let us not neglect meeting together, as some do so, but encourage one another, especially now that the day um, of his return is drawing near. I love how the message translation says it. It says, Let's see how inventive we can get in encouraging and loving and helping out. Let us not avoid worshiping together as some may do, but spurring each other on or encouraging, um, especially as we see the big day approaching. So I love one says as we see the, his return, you know, and one says as, as we see the big day. That's going to be a big day, isn't it, whenever Christ comes back. But my favorite part of that scripture right there is where it says, let us see how inventive we can be in encouraging, loving, and helping out. How inventive, how creative can we be to, to reach out, to love, to encourage, to help, to do those kind of things? 
What can we do? That's what I'm always trying to figure out because I don't like being like, I want to do something different. I want to do something creative. And when we're in, a, when we're in there with our creative leadership team, I'm like, what can we do different? That's why we gave gas away last week. I mean, people's done it before, but not around here in a while. That's why just, just a couple months ago, we, we went to the laundromat and we just paid for everybody's laundry. I love, what kind of creative different ways can we encourage, can we love, can we do things to make our community better and help people understand how much that we love them by meeting together? Community is God's answer to loneliness. So we need a few people in our life that we know very well, and we, know, and we need a place to go that we know very well, and that is church. 1 Corinthians 14 says, When we gather, each one be prepared to do something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. Okay? So then it goes down further on, and it says that's how you learn from each other. Okay, that scripture right there in 1 Corinthians 14, that's not talking about church. That's talking about small groups. That is a, you have the community here. This is a community, okay? Well, you know, we love this. This is a community. But then we have small groups. We have a women's small group and a men's small group. We have a young married small group. We have a young adult small group. And we have children's small groups in the back there today. Their kids are back there. And we have teenagers on Wednesday nights. You know, and then uh, we, so we have different small groups. And we have Life 101 on Tuesday nights, except for this Tuesday night we're not, which is kind of a discipleship class for everybody. And so those are small, those are even more tight groups because it says, here it is, um, prepare something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. I'm, nobody's just going to stand up and say, hey, I got some insight. Nobody, I'm not going to say, hey, can you stand up and lead a prayer and you tell a story and you give us a lesson and you sing a hymn. Okay, that, in small groups, that, that's, that, that, that scenario gives light to those things. In a small group, you can share insight. You tell your stories. You share what's going on in your life. You may sing a song, and you may have a devotion, and, and, and these kind of things. And hopefully, we're going to continue to do those. But And our, and our, our small groups are kind of generic, like, right? like I said, right now, they're men, women, young adults, and stuff like that. But they're going to continue to evolve. You know, we're going to end up break, you know, um, dividing the, the, the groups up into, into you know, for the ladies, it may be a, a book study. And then the other one may be, you know, maybe some kind of food life group. Group and somebody else, and then another one might be uh, uh, shopping or something. Y'all go shopping and then go have a Bible study, what have you. Men, may, the men may have have a hunting one and a, a fishing one and and, and a, a car one and, and, and a Bible study one. And we learn from those things, and we're able to share with people that we love and care about, and also things that we like in common. And that helps us build more community. Okay, and then we come back to the big community. But so in, this, in, in the temple courts, they worshiped. But in the ha- they, then it says they went house to house to fellowship in that small groups. Ephesians 4 says, um, as each part does its work, it helps the other parts grow. So Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, that's what the church is supposed to be. Healthy, growing, and full of love. That, so whenever you do your part, I do my part, you do your part, then we're all healthy, growing, and full of love. That's why there's so many churches that are not healthy, growing, and full of love because there's so many people not doing their part. And so when you don't do your part, it, it's like a throwing a wrench in, 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 in a machine. It kind of stops it. And we've got to work together and have community and work together as one to be able to do that. God wants us to work together and serve um, Ecclesiastes 4 says two are better than one because they can get more done. And see, if you try to do it yourself and you're all about, I did it my way, then, then the thing is, is that you're going to get tired because you cannot do it all yourself. 
I have to constantly remind myself, I need people. I can't, Doug, you just can't do it all by yourself during the week. You need to call. You need to get some help. You need to ask somebody to help you. Because if not, I will get fatigued and tired. Community is God's answer to fatigue. You can, you, that way, with community, more people are helping, and you don't have to do as much. You know, just like the other day when we we're doing foods. One person dipped some macaroni, and they put it down. Somebody else dipped this. And some, so all you got to do is just dip one thing, you know. But if not, you're by yourself. You're trying to dip all this stuff, you know, you know and it's just going everywhere, and there's juice and gravy all over the floor. You know, just all kind of stuff like that. So we got to understand that together we can do better, and we don't have to work as hard. God's community um, is, is a blessing. And we look out for one another. You ever seen like a neighborhood watch in your community? And you would say, hey, you know, hey, there was something fishy at your house the other day. There was somebody walking around your house. Or, or somebody was looking over at your, at your shed. Or, or, hey, there was somebody car driving real slow by your house the other day. Like a neighborhood watch. You call each other and talk to one another, right? And say, hey, there's something. Or, or I'm going out of town this week. Can you watch my house? Okay. Well, that's what should happen in a community, in a church. We should be able to look out for one another, help one another, and say, hey, you know, hey, you know, I, I, if you see me struggling, look, look at my house, look at my temple. If you see me struggling, if you see something going wrong, if you see the enemy coming against me trying to steal from me, if you see the enemy trying to break, this temp, break into this house, let me know. Talk to me. Let me pray for me. Let's work together. Ephesians 4 and 10 says that if one falls... The other helps pick up. But if only one is there, then they're in trouble. If you got two people when somebody falls, then you, and, and, and like in a little ravine where over a cliff, then the other person can help them get up, especially if there's more than one person. But if you're just there by yourself, you fall, you might be stuck and you can't get there. We don't need the Lone Rangers. We need to work together. We also need to, to, um, to wait, somebody to wait and to weep with us. We laugh together and we should cry together. That's what I, this church, we're going, we're going, to, we're going to celebrate your, your, your strengths. We're going to celebrate your victories. And then we're going to cry together when you're going through a hard time. We need somebody to do that with us. And if you could put some, some, just some music on for me, please. So if we're going to cry together and we're going to love together. First, First Thessalonians 5 says, encourage one another. We've got to understand that, that whenever somebody in our community is hurting, they lost, they lost stuff in their house. They lost everything. They lost. We need to be able to be sympathetic and love on them and care for them and say, hey, I'm sorry. What can I do for you? You know, sometimes we can't do nothing but pray. Sometimes we can't do nothing but just be there. But we got to do what we can do and be there as much as we can. And when someone rejoices and say, hey, I got a pay raise at church, I mean, at work, we can't say, well, dear God, I didn't get a pay raise. I don't even care. Why'd you get one? I should have got one. We, oh, that scared me. We should be able to say, we should be able to say, you know what? Hey, praise God, you got a pay raise. I'm, I'm believing God for me one too. So that way, if you're if you're rejoicing with them, God will bless you too. But if we if we're jealous of someone else, God's like, well then you still got some growing to do before you get yours. We need we need to witness with each other. It's a whole lot better to witness together than it is alone. If you're talking to someone one on one, it's kind of hard. But when you have two people or three people, you're talking to someone, it's a whole lot easier to do that. Because I love, I love team witnessing because I can say something and then they can say something. And while, and while my friend's talking, then I can be thinking about what I want to say next. But we have to do it together. That's the big thing, is that we got to do it together. So why do you need to be here? Why do you belong here at Kingdom Life? Because we care. Because we love you. We're going to be here for you. We understand. We want you. We want your gifts that God's given you. 
We want you, we want your personality, we want your help. And we want you to be a part. We want your kids here. We want your family here. And yeah, we're going to have problems and situations in here. But just because you have problems and situations, we're going to do our, our best to resolve them. And just because someone else over here is upset, don't mean somebody over here can't be upset. And that's okay. Just, just, just trust God and we're going to work it out and let God heal everything that's going wrong. We're not perfect. Okay? But we're forgiven. And we're not perfect. But we're just trying to be who God's called us to be. You're going to find out I'm going to be one of the most vulnerable preachers. I'm going to tell you more about myself than probably most preachers will. Because I want you to know I'm just like you. I struggle just like you do. You know, this, this picture today may look okay, but, but follow me the rest of the week. You're like, ooh, Pastor Doug. You got some issues, bro. So, and, but, but, and I do. We all do. And we got to understand that. But, but you know what? I know you're there for me. And what I love about Kingdom Life is you're not going to judge me as a pastor because I've got issues too. And I'm not going to judge you because you got issues. We're not going to judge anybody that goes through that, comes through that door. Everybody's welcome through that door no matter who they are, where they come from. We may not be able to help everybody the right way, but we'll, do, we'll stand by them and help them the best way we can. But what we will do is we will love them, stay with them, build a relationship with them, and then see how we can help them. We're not going to turn them around and make them leave. We're going to love and care for them, just like we love and care for you. Every one of you are valuable. You're, every one of you are a big deal to me. And we love you. We care for you. We're so honored that you're here today. And I just want you to know that you, that you belong here. But at the same time, if, if, if this is your first time today and you're like, oh, that wasn't my cup of tea, and you feel like you belong somewhere else, that's okay too. Because we're all part of the kingdom of God. But we would love for you to join us here at Kingdom Life if this is your first time. And if you've been here for a while, we would love for you to continue being with us. We are growing. We're trying to find a bigger place so we can have one big service with everybody and be one big community and have more places for the kids and the youth and more, more life group areas and all that. And we were, we were starting a, a little building fund, but I just felt like taking a month or so off because I didn't want to be asking for building fund money when we're trying to help each other and trying to help people with a hurricane. That's more important. We can wait. God will provide for our needs right now. We need to take care of each other. Okay? Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Would anybody here say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I, I like this family thing you're talking about. I like this having my back. I like this friendship, this family thing. But I guess if I'm going to have that, I've got to be in the family of God first. So to be in the family of God, I've got to turn my heart and life over to Jesus. Is there anybody here at all would say, hey, I, I'm lonely. And I, I need friendship. I need relationship. And I need a relationship with God. And I want to turn my heart and life over to God. I want to get saved. I need Jesus. I want Christ in my life. Does anybody here raise your hand real quick and just say, I want Jesus. I want to be saved. I want God to come and save my soul. Anybody at all? Amen. Amen. Praise God. I see your hand. Anybody else? Well, just raise your hand and say, I want to be saved. I want Christ to come in my life. I need Jesus. Anybody else at all? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Okay, praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's pray a prayer right now and ask God to, to, to help. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation right now. And if you, if you want the, that God to come into your heart, you just repeat after me and you're going to be saved. And you'll be able to go to heaven just as quick as anybody else will. We're just going to pray it together. If you raise your hand, you pray that and you mean that, then just, just re repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, 
Come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. I ask you, forgive me for everything I've done wrong. I'm going to do my best to do right. I'm going to serve you. And when I fail, because I know I am, because I'm human, I'm going to ask for forgiveness again. And I'm going to get up and keep coming to you. I believe you died for me. I believe you're in heaven. And I believe you're coming again. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm part of the family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And if you just prayed that prayer, then you are a born-again Christian. And if God come back today, you, you, could, you would go to heaven just as quick as I would. Or just as quick as anybody else would. It's so good to see all your faces today. Is anybody here, before I get finished, um, anybody want special prayer?